Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Torsi and I created this podcast talking all things well-being, what makes us feel the absolute best in ourselves, and how we overcome challenges and heal with positivity and strength. It was such a joy to speak to one of my favourite authors, Mira Manek, on the podcast today. Mira's gorgeous book Prajna explores Ayurvedic rituals for happiness, comprising of both nourishing recipes and life practices. We delve into how Mira discovered the centrality of Ayurveda to life and well-being and how it is intrinsic to living a healthy lifestyle. We speak about so much in this episode, such as living in tune with nature and the Cicadian rhythm, the importance of simple healing tools for coming through challenging periods, the nourishing power of food, yoga, the importance of passing wisdom or prajna through the generations, and so much more. I really hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. Today on the podcast, I have the amazing Mira. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Torsi. No, it's amazing. I was just saying to Mira before we got started recording that I was given her book um, for Christmas by one of my closest friends, Rose, um, and I read it in about a day and absolutely adored it. And it's just such a gorgeous book. It's called Prajna. It's all about um, developing these Ayurvedic rituals for happiness and it's just an amazing book. It's split into morning, afternoon, evening, all these different rituals that we can build into our lives. And I'm so thankful for having you on the podcast. Thank you. That's so kind. It's wonderful to hear that. And I think when you write a book like this, it just really, every single piece of feedback really matters and counts because you can just, it, it really fills my soul to, to see and hear that people are enjoying it and benefiting from it. No, it's amazing. Just um, before we get more into it, um, for anyone who doesn't know what Ayurveda is, do you mind quickly explaining what it is? Yeah, Ayurveda is means, in literal sense, the Veda, which is the scripture or the science of Ayurveda, which is life. So it's the science or the scripture of life. And essentially, yes, there's an Ayurvedic way of 
cooking or you know the way you use spices in your diet and the way you sort of live your life in terms of the rhythms of nature the circadian rhythm um but essentially a lot of it boils down to what ayurveda focuses on most which is digestion digestion is the at the heart of everything and the digestive fire what ayurveda calls the agni in our bodies is of utmost importance so keeping that ignited um at all times and working according to that and everything goes hand in hand with that so working according to that is very intrinsic to living a healthy lifestyle but actually ayurveda encompasses so many different things you know i could tell you about like putting oil in my hair or you know there's so many different practices and ayurveda and yoga for example go hand in hand um, and and at the art of ayurveda is also this prana which is the life force the life energy it's not the same as the book name the book name is prajna which is uh, the sanskrit word for ultimate wisdom and actually it's a much much more spiritual loaded word as opposed to prana which is the breath so prana essentially means the essential breath or the life force or what in chinese medicine is called the chi so prana and chi are quite similar and we want to be able to have as much free flowing prana in our bodies and in our energetic life as we can and eating foods with prana um using breathwork as a form to invig- as a way to invigorate our own prana our own life force is really important and that's where the chakra system comes in or what in chinese medicine is sort of known as the meridian system you know trying to make sure that those channels of energy or those circles or chakras of energy in our body are open and not obstructed and and therefore the prana or the chi or the life force can flow freely through the body yeah it all makes so much sense to me i think it's so fascinating I just want to start by kind of winding back the clock a bit um, to childhood. When did you start kind of building these rituals into your life? Was it something that was really present when you were younger or did it come later in life? There were a lot of rituals or what I would call small practices, whether it's the way that we eat or the um, spices that we use, those sorts of things which are sort of inbuilt in the way we live our lives that were present from, you know, since I guess when I was born and the way that my family lives and the way that my grandparents have always lived their lives but it's only more recently and I explain this in the book but it's only more recently in this sort of last decade or so or a bit longer that I've started really understanding what how Ayurveda is connected to all this and how everything stems from Ayurveda but also how an Ayurvedic lifestyle is about so many different things it's not just I mean obviously the basic stuff is there but also the Ayurvedic way of living is a very simple way of living, which I've gone, become simpler and simpler over time. And actually the way I eat and the way I live is a lot simpler than it used to be. Um, And I think trying to cut it down and trying to simplify life is the key really to everything. Some of the more sort of Ayurvedic practices from say uh, oil pulling in the morning um or breath work which is related to ayurveda maybe not fully ayurveda but it's all related and yoga are probably things that have been more recent maybe the last decade or so um but i think with ayurveda the little practices like that whether it's tongue scraping or oil pulling or the way you eat all these things you can start incorporating in your life in small ways and it's not about replacing the way you live with ayurvedic rituals it's about sort of including ayurvedic practices in your life and taking them one by one and making them a part of your daily living and a habit rather than something that you take on too much of and then 
and then you sort of don't follow through. Yeah, completely. I think it's so important to highlight the simplicity of it. I think kind of in like modern life, there's so many things we think we need to be doing, but actually sometimes you just need to kind of step back and see those smaller rituals that you can just gently build in. They don't take much time, but they have such an impact. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. I think it's the whole lifestyle and the way you live. And I think when it comes to what you asked me, which is when did I start practicing all these things? But it's about creating your own toolbox. And that's what I realized when I sort of had or went through a very troubled time in my life and when I went through my own crisis. And we, what I realized is that everyone will go through some sort of crisis at some point in life, early, later, whenever, you know, and creating a toolbox of rituals or practices that help you live a more uplifting life or a more positive life or a more energetic life helps you get through those passages of um, crisis a lot, helps you navigate it and lift yourself out of it almost like your own and and those sets of those that that set of tools is very different for everyone yeah um and while it's all linked to ayurveda the book is ayurvedic rituals for happiness but actually i take on a lot of things like right now i'm becoming an eft practitioner which is actually focusing on chinese medicine which is the meridians but essentially all these ancient practices speak the same language so do whatever speaks to you don't try and just be like oh i'm just following this lifestyle and therefore I can't do X, Y, Z. Actually, it all works hand in hand. Yeah, and that's something that I really like highlighting in this podcast as well, is that everyone's so individual and everyone has different things that improve their lives. So it's just about learning and practicing different things. And I guess, yeah, it really does align with yoga in that way because yoga builds those practices of breath work, so pranayama and meditation in. When I started doing my teacher training, learning about pranayama and meditation and building all these additional practices in and learning it's so much more than just the physical movement. And I guess that really aligns with kind of Ayurveda as well, in the sense that it's so much more than just the body. There's It's very holistic. Yes, it is holistic. It's not just food. It's not just um, yoga. It's not just movement. It's sort of everything combined together. And actually working according to the circadian rhythm is actually also at the heart of Ayurveda. So if I just explain what the circadian rhythm is, the circadian rhythm is the rhythm of when the world wakes up, when the sun wakes up. So actually trying to live according to that and use that to our advantage. So our digestive fire, for example, or our digestion is linked to when the sun is at its strongest. So therefore waking up and eating a couple of hours after you've woken up. So obviously waking up early and therefore when the sun is at its as, as stronger as when you want to eat your first meal because your digestion is woken up and then the largest meal would be at lunchtime because that's when the sun is at its strongest so think of the sort of digestive fire in your stomach as mirroring that ball of fire in a sense and actually sleeping on the in terms of hormones that cortisol is at its lowest between say 9 and 10 p.m which is a stress hormone but in ayurvedic terms yes sleep early because modern science explains that to us that our our stress hormone is at its lowest at 9 to 10 p.m but Ayurveda basically says sleep at that time because that's when the sun that's a couple of hours after the sun goes down or go according to the rhythms of nature because our bodies mirror that we come from nature we're born out of nature so we are in sync with nature why is it that when we go into nature we feel like almost a release like we feel like a sigh goes through our body and we feel connected and that's really important. And that's, I think, what lockdown has really shown a lot of us. You know, we've realized the um, impact or how 
how nature and walking and things like that, um, take, taking time to do these things has awoken our senses up to the importance of that in our life and actually how that makes us feel. It might be not easy to explain what that means in terms of hormonal imbalances or why we feel connected, but feeling that uplifting sense, that's all you need to know to actually do it. Yeah. Um, so listen to your body, listen to your mind and um, try and awaken to the sounds, the sights and the smells and the earth beneath your feet and everything that surrounds you. Yeah, so beautiful. I completely agree in terms of lockdown. Like, I think it's allowed for so much self-reflection. Um, and like you were just saying earlier, in terms of going through a crisis, often having these rituals in place allows us to get through them with strength and positivity. And um, in terms of the challenges you faced, how did these practices then help you get through it? Did they Were they really very much kind of developed through that time? Yes, I didn't think of them as practices or rituals at the time. I just thought of what makes me happy in the day. I never thought yeah. of like the week ahead or the month. I tried not to think of it. I tried to think of each day as its own day and thinking, oh, what few things can I do today to make myself feel happier? And it wasn't even that structured. It wasn't like I woke up and I thought about that. It's more just I was trying to fill my day with small things that brought a little bit of happiness because those little moments of happiness was, would, would carry me through for the next few hours. That's all I could think of because I was so, so sort of at my lowest point. And it's only now that I think of it like that. But at the time, I intuitively just thought, okay, I need to go out. I lived in Dubai at the time. Well, I was between Dubai and London. And so when I was in Dubai, it was more about trying to see the sun as much as possible. So going out and sitting in the sun, wherever that might be, even if it's in a cafe and I'm eating something, I need to sit in the sun because I knew that for some reason, the sun made me feel happier. Now, I didn't know why. Obviously, there's reasons. But at the time, I didn't think of the science of why. I just knew it made me feel better even if it's just for that one hour. And then I knew that maybe a yoga class would make me feel better. Again, didn't know why. I didn't know about endorphins. I didn't know about the, the, the different hormones that movement and exercise and yoga releases, but I knew that made me feel better. I then thought of, you know, if spinning class would make me sometimes feel better. But again, it's the endorphins that are, that are sort of produced from that and that carry you through for the next few hours or, or however long it is. I felt like it injected a spurt of energy, a, a spurt of life into my system that would carry me through for a bit longer. So I just sort of thought of each day as it came, you know, meeting a friend is is, is just as important and talking about things. Um, anything that made me feel happier, you know, I just filled my day up with those few things at the time that uplifted me. And that didn't mean that my passage of pain or whatever I was going through was any shorter but it just meant that I figured out over time what my tools were. And at the end of it, and obviously now, many years later, I can call those tools my package of resilience, of springing back to life, of living a healthier, happier life. And that has become my way of life. Yeah, so amazing. I love what you said about just taking one day at a time. I think that's so important, especially at the moment when things are still a bit uncertain. And obviously when we're recording this, there is this kind of plan ahead, but I think it's still really important to stay present and just take each day as it comes. Um, I'd love to speak to you about your first book as well, Saffron Soul. When did it kind of come to a position where you were in a place to write this book? And obviously the first book's uh, recipe books so it's got these lovely vegetarian um recipes and um, where did it when did you get inspired to write this book 
I came back to London having lived abroad and I was married abroad and I came back to London having realized suddenly while I was in India on one of my trips I used to travel to India quite a lot and I still do country filled with you know delicious healthy food I mean street food isn't really healthy but you know you can find delicious healthy food in India anywhere you go Um, and I was taking these snacks I would take I don't know um, licorice or dark chocolate or I have a real sweet tooth or popcorn or baked crisps but why was I taking snacks to India? And so it suddenly dawned on me that why am I doing this when I can eat healthy food in India? Basically, my own perception as an Indian girl raised in London, eating authentic, delicious, vegetarian Indian food my whole life. My, if my perception of Indian food was, oh, no, it's unhealthy because it contains oil or I don't know, I'm going to have too many chapatis or whatever it is, then was that the common perception out there? And I think I realized that that was because people in the UK and abroad identified Indian food as what you get in that you know lovely restaurant that you get down the road or your local Indian restaurant where you get a great meal which is filled with delicious flavors lots of spice you kind of had chug a beer down with it or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and you feel a little bit heavy on the stomach because you've had that naan bread and I was like actually that's not really Indian food because that's just one idea of Indian food and in fact that's not really representing India at all there's so many different types of Indian food and home-cooked Indian food which is what I've grown up eating home-cooked Gujarati Indian food from the region of Gujarat is very different to that. And so is South Indian food. And actually every culture, every part of India has a great balance and a great sort of um, flavor palette of Indian spices and has really is really rich in, in nutrition. But it's if it's defined by what you have in a restaurant, then of course that's gonna be filled with extra oil and extra this and extra that and the naan is quite stodgy um and what we have is roti home-baked roti i mean home-cooked roti is very different to naan so it suddenly dawned on me that if i think that then others probably think that and i want to change this perception obviously yeah. that was a very wide view and i didn't really know how, how to navigate writing a book but i knew i wanted to write a book i've always loved writing i think writing is my first passion and so i came back to london and moved back to my family home and started learning um, how to cook the recipes that I grew up eating, the food that I grew up eating from my mother, from my grandmother, from my aunts. And we sort of grew up in a very joint, a large joint family, and we often ate together. So I learned all these recipes and realized that, and I questioned a lot, you know, they get annoyed with me like, oh, but you know, we don't, that's a pinch of that. I can't tell you how much that is. But I started questioning and started seeing what they put in the food and writing it down. And I wanted to create this recipe book and I went out with it to a an agent and he loved it. He then sent it to publishers and we came back with the whole, he came back with the response that we love the idea of Mira's book, but who is she? She's a nobody in the world of food or, um, or Indian food or whatever it is. So I just suddenly realized that actually I need to create a name for myself if I want to publish anything or I need a restaurant to my name or something, you know. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Right. 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah. And so over time, I mean, I built that name. I built that profile. I started doing supper clubs. I started selling some of my products at cafes. And over time, at some point, that idea or that dream of writing a cookbook um, came to fruition. And it was an amazing experience. And I learned so much in that time. Um, And my second book, was sort of an extension of that, but in more the wellness field as opposed a nutrition field as opposed to the cooked food field. So yeah. it went into the direction of actually where the idea stemmed from. Yes, the idea stemmed from food, but food was the sort of core of how I sort of found my way back to wellness and well-being. But the reason for that was actually my own health and my own happiness. And what I did during that time of writing that book and learning the recipes from my family was actually a package of holistic healing. You know, I went on yoga retreats. I did lots of yoga. I did breath work. I found Kundalini yoga. I did um, therapy. I did, um, what do you call it? Pranic healing. I did so many different things. And actually that's what guided me to my second book, which is, which comprises of all those things and more. Yeah, it's amazing. I was going to say, because in Prajna, it's, um, there's some lovely recipes in there, which um, I've, I've actually got the book in front of me, but I like put little, um, what are they called? Sticky notes in for my favorite ones, oh. um, which is lovely. And um, yeah, me and my sister, I actually, you'll be, you'll be happy to know that I think I've inspired about six of my friends who have now got the book as well. Oh, that's so, so amazing. Thank yeah. you. That's yeah, really no, kind. Of um, yeah, my friend Emma actually was the first to get it. But anyway, it's a bite-sized book, but at the same oh, time, yeah. it goes into enough depth in those things to not make it feel too basic either. I think that's the thing I love about it most is that it's it's so like, it's very clear and it's very easy to understand, but then obviously, yeah, it goes into depth. It's not like too simplistic. I think it's just amazing. Um, but I'll stop fangirling about the book. <laughs> that's really um, kind. It's so wonderful to hear. Oh no, I love it. Um, but yeah, some of the recipes are fantastic. And what I actually really really do love as well is the um section at the back the appendix on those um home remedies and herbal remedies 
So a lot of those are things like what you said initially, which is that, you know, these things I've grown up doing. A lot of those things are things I grew up doing, you know, um, and more. I just included some of them in there. But, you know, grandmother's remedies. Now, I didn't know that that was sort of from Ayurveda. I just thought, oh, this is something my mum and my grandmom does. And I think it's really important to pass this wisdom on and down through the generations and to others, because I really think that we'll lose those things, you know, as as time goes along. And I think it's really important to retain some of this information. So that's why, and I do think it works, but there's a big but here. I do think it's important not to replace something with something else. So modern day nutrition and modern and supplementing your food and your lifestyle with supplements is as important as it is to turn to these remedies. Mm -hmm. You know, don't ignore what, you know, the world has advanced. We've in an age where we have these amazing medicines and doctors. And I'm not saying that that's the answer. I just think you need to find your own way. Don't ignore the fact that you might have, I don't know, a thyroid problem and you've been told to go on thyroxines. Now it's maybe reflexology and acupuncture and all those things will help to solve the issue, which is causing the thyroid issue. But until that's solved, I don't think you can go off that medicine. But it's important to understand that this holistic root or finding the root cause and healing it from that point, whether it's stress or whatever it is, could possibly reverse those things. Yeah. So, so you know, if you are, if you do have a cold, like often I get a cold and I, I think my immune system sometimes is um, a bit low and once a year I get a cold, which sometimes is okay and I can tackle it by having vitamin C or um, getting over the cold quickly or having all those herbal remedies, turmeric, all these things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it turns into an infection and I need to take antibiotics. Now, when I need to take antibiotics, I just take them because I know from the past that my infection turns into bronchial issues very quickly. So I think you've just got to understand your own body and not ignore that, not think, oh yeah, I've got Ayurveda now, all these herbal remedies will completely heal me I think you've got to take a hand in hand until you really feel like your immune system and your wellness is is at its absolute best and then those herbal remedies will be enough for you yeah I think it's finding the balance between both isn't it um I'd also love to quickly speak about yoga something I loved about the book is that you split it into kind of morning and evening yoga which I think is really important and something that I have found has really improved my practice is taking the more kind of energizing activating movement in the morning and the kind of the more grounding heart opening postures in the evening was that quite important for you to um to express in the book I think things like a strong vinyasa flow which I really love is energetic anyway so the breath the movements are quite vigorous sometimes and I think that is great for the morning I don't think you know in the evening it's not that I've never done it but I think in the evening you get that injection of energy which you probably don't need in the evening especially if you're the kind of person who uh, struggles with falling asleep quickly but you know I think working with your body is also important but I think you know I in the evening section I put stretches in which I think is just lovely because that's the sort of deep yin you know you've gone through your day you might have curved over on your desk you might have been walking you might have woken up early you might have some stresses in your shoulders and neck and legs and hips and understanding that you can iron those out or stretch in a way that makes your body feel better before you sleep and getting that routine in place is great but that doesn't mean to say you can't start the morning with those stretches as well I just like to do it in the evening so I think it's important to understand what your body is used to but at the same time it's also good to understand so for example with breath work I think I mentioned that one of the key breaths that I 
do and that I write about is Kapal Pati, which is the strong um, breath of fire. Mm. And that exhalation and that strong breath work that you do, which pumps the oxygen out of your system, is very energetic. So you don't want to be doing that at night because that will inject you with some extra energy. Um, I always do that in the morning. Or even if you have an empty stomach during the day, you can do that. <clears throat> so it's good to understand which yoga, which types of yoga work for you, which times of day. Yeah, no, completely. How do you how do you generally navigate your yoga? Is it did that work for you in terms of what I wrote? Yeah, so I love that. In terms of my personal practice, I'll always do something a bit more energizing in the morning to kind of get me going. And then in the evening, I really try and focus on that lovely kind of yin yoga, restorative. I don't think it's, I forgot to mention one thing, which is that Surya Namaskara, which is mm-hmm. the sun salutations. Now, if you think of the word sun salutations, it's meant to be done ideally when you're waking up and greeting the sun, which is such yeah. a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, but having that in mind and, and facing the sun when doing that has a completely different intention to it than just, oh, I need to just get through those sun salutations because I want some exercise. But I think it's fine to have that. I think it's fine to start off with that whole, oh, I want some energetic movements. But if you think about that word sun salutations and have that in mind, doing that in the evening doesn't make as much sense as doing it in the morning. No, yeah, completely. I agree. Um, I'd love to speak to you about Chai by Mirror as well. Is this quite a new um, project or has this been kind of in the works for a few years? No, Chai by Mirror is a cafe that came about at Tri Yoga Soho two and a half years ago. So I launched the cafe in Tri Yoga Soho, which is London's leading yoga studio in the heart of you know, one of the busiest areas in London, in King Lee Court, which was wonderful. And oh. it was basically a cafe serving lots of chais, obviously, but and coffees, but also serving delicious bowls of chai porridge and kitchery. It's a very Ayurvedic cafe, lots of delicious snacks people can pick up on the go while they're going to yoga or sit down in the cafe and eat. And also creating a space where people can sit and feel like they're in some sort of retreat. And, you know, coming into a yoga space and sitting there after or before feeling like they can pick up a book. So I had lots of books um, lined on the walls. And, and and did you ever make it there? I, I'm assuming you didn't. No, no I didn't, sadly. Because I got this book at Christmas. So everything was obviously... Ah, it ran. And then obviously during lockdown, it was closed. But then I decided to close it permanently. Um, um, who knows if it will open up as a pop-up again. But it's gone online since last year. And actually, it's been an amazing blessing in disguise creating these blends as proper blends and selling them online and creating packaging for them because I I think that's where the future is and I've created a lovely brand that exists online and cafes and restaurants and hotels are also using the blends I want to grow that brand and that's what I'm focusing my energy on now yeah it kind of shows how um kind of lockdowns provided these silver linings in different ways doesn't it so even though it's been an extremely challenging time for everyone in different ways I guess it kind of offers these different paths, which actually are, are really exciting. Um, speaking on that, are there any kind of future plans coming? I mean, obviously, if you're if you're writing a new book, you might not be able to say. But do you no, have- I can't talk about it. So I am working right now on the past year. I've actually gone, like you said, the silver linings of lockdown and and this pandemic have been me for me. It's been sort of using the extra time that I was used to be busy, I don't know, running the cafe or whatever I was doing, to really work on myself and spend time on my own well-being and my own fitness and my own regime and my own 
um, sadhana of waking up and doing my own breath work. I've actually become a breath work practitioner as well. Oh, I'm currently training in something else called EFT, the emotional feed at freedom technique called tapping, which again, I mentioned in my book Prajna, but helped me a lot all those years ago when I was at my lowest point. And I have trained as an integrated health practitioner, which is a US based course, um, which I'll start practicing soon. But I, you know, I'm focusing my energy right now on the Chai by Mira brand online and creating more blends um, and trying to really make it a sustainable brand that I can, um, that I can sort of outsource as well and hopefully grow a lot. Um, and lastly, in terms of books, I am working on a third book, which I haven't yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about it. But I'm working on a third book, meaning my proposal, which has taken the longest time ever, is finally ready. We haven't yet got a publisher. But I think it's a really lovely um, extension of what I've written so far. And it combines both my first and second book in a really um, in a wonderful way. Oh, how exciting. I'll definitely be getting that book. <laughs> I'll also link kind of all your um all the books and stuff. And if and yeah, if uh, we were just saying before, if anyone has read Prajna or is wanting to read it, definitely leave a review on Amazon because it is just amazing. But also you must try one of my chai blends, which I'll 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 happily send one of those chai blends to you. We've got um the normal classic one, but my chai blend has basically seven spices and coconut sugar. So it's a really Oh my lovely God. way of including these spices in your porridge and your tea and your coffee people love it with coffee or you know there's a hot chocolate chai so it's got cocoa powder and the chai spices there's a golden chai there's a gingerbread chai oh so goodness. it's like and I'm coming out with another one soon so it's really like people love it and once they try it it seems like it's the only one out there that's really strong and heady and actually gives you that kick that you need when you have chai Oh, I'd love to try it. That'd be amazing. Um, the last thing I want to speak about before we get onto questions, I mean, I could obviously talk to you for hours because I feel like you're a beacon of knowledge. <laughs> but um, I was, I was looking <laughs> on your lovely Always more to actually. Your website is so gorgeous. It's really like visually really lovely. Um, and I, I saw that you'd done this kind of journaling, um, a little kind of booklet, um, which I've, I actually printed off. And um I think it's really lovely because I'm a really massive advocate of journaling and kind of you were saying on you've kind of had your toolkit for happiness and saying like just noting things like how do I feel right now how do I want to feel uh what can I do daily to bring joy um do you uh, find that journaling really aids your life is that something that's in your toolkit I think it's really important I think it's a really good way a good starting point but also something that that if you carry through the good and the bad times will be a really good way to figure out what's going on in your mind and your heart and your uh, emotions and how you're feeling. And it's a good way to track it as well. Even if it's a small something you write every day. Um, and I can't say I'm successful in it completely because there are sometimes weeks that go by that I forget um, and I get busy with things. But actually, if you just put that reminder on in your, in your phone daily, there'll be more days you do it than not um and get that little book that looks really beautiful and that you can journal in um write whatever comes to your mind maybe put a little tip here and there like okay how am I feeling my head heart and soul or head in head heart just head and heart or how does my body feel today you know just write those few things even if it is a few minutes um and sometimes offloading makes your burden or whatever that it is causing anxiety or pain a slightly easier to manage and so writing it down is a similar thing um, but you can be a lot more honest in, in, in your own journal. 
yeah no definitely I think it's a really great practice for people to have oh thank you so so much for coming on honestly I have these three questions if you have time to quickly answer them I ask them to sure. all my all the guests I've had on my podcast so the first one's quite interesting for what we've been discussing considering there's lots of amazing rituals that you can bring into your day um but if there was one thing to do daily that made yourself feel your absolute best that's the first question what would that be breath work some sort of breath work deep breathing outdoors you know walking at some point or just going outdoors at some point just making sure I get some fresh air and having a good food routine because I think food is a really important thing for me it's where I've struggled the most my digestion's always been sort of uh slightly you know I've got I've had uh what do you call it I, t- I told you I had IBS so making sure that I'm eating the right foods and nourishing foods and having enough hydration is really important and I mean I could go on but those are probably the key things because I think for me some sort of activity movement fresher and focus focus on food are of essential importance yeah lovely um second question is what is a goal you have or where you want to grow over the next year that's a really good question. I do feel like I have a number of those, but I think essentially I want to really try and become the best version of myself and live with more intention and contentment. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal that everyone should have this year as well. It's lovely. Last question is, is there a mantra or a quote that you align to in life for positivity and light? inject kindness in every area of life and live from a pace place of love I completely agree that's always I so I do this thing every morning where I write kind of like a quote or a mantra and I feel like compassion and kindness are the things that always seem to get drawn in I just feel like when you yeah when you inject compassion and kindness into all you do you can't really go wrong yes exactly living with truth my guru always says truth love and compassion um are really are the sort of the mantra of everything and it's really true you know making sure you live with ultimate truth making sure you know there is love in everything you do and compassion is obviously an essential ingredient to humanity really and to understanding and just being kind to others and I think that there's there's sort of this past year has taught us all that those three things and more are very very important yeah no honestly such lovely words to end on thank you so much Mira for coming on thank you Torsi that was wonderful and uh really grateful for you to have me on oh no not at all thank you so much how lovely it was to speak to Mira for the first episode of season three Ayurveda is beautifully holistic and has so much to teach us, so I would deeply recommend looking into it more to aid your lifestyle and health. Hope that you have a gorgeous day. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode. 
and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.